0: chapter six of france to scandinavia by frank g carpenter this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain recording by betty b bringing back the coal mines i am writing today in lens in the centre of the coal mining region before it was almost annihilated by the germans the town had thirty-two thousand people the rows of new brick houses built for the miners show its recovery these homes were constructed for half what they would cost in the states the foundations are of stone and the bricks are better than any we have had in washington for years the roofs are of red tile fit for a millionaire's home yet a two-story two-family house costs less than twenty four hundred dollars the same sort of work has gone on everywhere and that with efficiency methods and standardized workmanship every town was laid out anew according to the general plan and the houses were built with due regard to advanced sanitation these are comparatively new things in france so too is the extermination of the mosquitoes which spread malaria over the devastated region at the time of the war and just after this region was covered with ponds and water filled shell holes each of which bred mosquitoes all these holes were filled and the mosquitoes were wiped out by means of kerosene. In the plans for the new lens, generous spaces for playgrounds and parks were provided and the best sites for public buildings and monuments carefully chosen. This is true in all of the new towns and in cities of twenty thousand people or more, no structure can be put up without the approval of the mayor. Every town works out its own plan, but almost follow the new regulations for buildings the inevitable result is a northern france even more beautiful than before the towns have widened their streets and planted new parks in lille the walls and fortifications surrounding the old city have been torn down to give six hundred acres of new public playgrounds while back of the ancient cathedral at Reims, the plans call for a big garden for the use of the people as i look over some of the items of the new construction i can get a faint idea of where this vast amount of money has gone at one time the government ordered one hundred thousand doors and ninety thousand windows and the same purchase included three million hinges and hundreds of thousands of faucets it bought iron beds four feet wide by the tens of thousands and a single order was given for twelve thousand school desks and seats all this expenditure has been met by the national treasury While the war was still on, the government decided that it would pay in full all of the war damages to individuals and towns and demand the money back from the enemy. Every loss was to be paid for, no matter how it occurred. This included furniture, machinery, deterioration, bills for troops quartered in the homes of the people, and the money required to bring the farms back to their old state of cultivation. The law providing for these measures is so long that it would fill about 10 columns of an ordinary newspaper. In rebuilding the factories and restoring the mines, the government furnished a large part of the capital, all of which is supposed to be repaid in the sum received for reparations. If the money is advanced by private parties, the government pays the overhead and 5% on such advances until it can repay the whole. It has bought machinery as fast as possible for the various factories it has purchased most of the farms and located many new boundaries according to the real estate laws of france property must be equally divided among all the heirs this has resulted in tens of thousands of farms no bigger than an american garden and one man may have in one region a hundred different patches which he has either bought or inherited in the new locations such ownerships have been as far as possible consolidated and many small farms made into one by means of exchange indeed reconstruction has added enormously to the economic value and beauty of france but all this takes work and with a million and a half men lost by the war france is still short of manpower labor has been brought in from italy spain algeria and tunis i see poles and russians among the workmen and the street markets are crowded with people of all races and tongues the mayor here a delightful kind-faced old man who went with me over the town was in office before its destruction he was carried off to belgium by the germans and was the first to get back to the ruins when the enemy left his wife had remained in linz when he returned he found his city a mass of crushed bricks and mortar its great power plants had been reduced to a debris of broken machinery while the mines and their workings had been systematically ruined by high-power explosives. The pumps had to work day and night to remove millions of cubic feet of water accumulated in the mine pits. To keep out the inflowing streams, many of them have been lined with concrete walls at a cost of something like $300,000 a pit. The homes for the thousands of men employed in the coal mines about Lens are far better than any of the miners' homes I know in our country with the exception of those in the Minnesota Iron Region, back of Duluth. There, the profits of the municipalities from the leased mining lands are so great that they have better school buildings and public improvements than in any other part of the United States. Here, each miner has a little garden where he can raise vegetables enough for his family. Coal, electric light, and water are free, and the only lack, perhaps, is a bathroom. The average house of this country is without a bath. The mining corporation puts up a community bathhouse for every neighborhood and gives free medical service to the miners and their families. The houses belong to the company and are rented to the miners for about a dollar per family per month. Before the war, the mines about lens produced about one-tenth of all the coal output of France. Their annual yield was some four million five hundred thousand tons. Then the mine owners employed eighteen thousand men who occupied eight thousand houses when the war ended every mine was destroyed and there were only thirty houses left standing this story is told as to how the destruction was started the founder of the company was asked to go out with some officers and soldiers the request was of course a command he was led to the finest of his mines and as one of the germans pressed a button he saw plants worth millions go into the air with the noise of the terrible explosion set off for the purpose it is wonderful how much concrete has been used in the construction this is true of all sorts of buildings and even of the telegraph and telephone poles lining the roads of northern france these poles are thirty or forty feet high about a foot thick one way and eight inches the other they are usually made with great diamond-shaped holes running from the bottom to the top to decrease their weight i suppose they seem very substantial the mine buildings are of brick stone and concrete the machinery is essentially modern and beautifully finished most of it comes from england and france i climb to the top of one of the structures and watch the coal as it rose out of the mines it is hoisted in elevators by steel cables wound over great drums the cars come up two at once and at the same time two others go down the loads are dropped into bins from which the coal falls by gravity into the cars To the railroad tracks below as i stood in the shaft house i talked with the director of this great mining company which as i have said formerly furnished one-tenth of all the french coal he is a fair type of the men responsible for remaking france he is absorbed in pushing the work ahead and it is only by questions that one learns from him what was done by the germans and what the french are doing now france is not a great producer of coal before the war her output equaled only about one fifteenth of our coal production it was not one-sixth the output of germany nor one-seventh that of great britain it did not supply all of the domestic need and something like twenty four million tons were annually imported most of the mines were owned by private companies operating on a large scale those invaded by the germans employed one hundred thousand workers or as many as those of all the other French mines put together. The destruction began with the first days of the war and continued up to the armistice. As soon as the Germans came in, they forbade any measures being taken to drain the mines or protect the workings. In 1917, they started systematic devastation, which continued until the end of the war. All the pits were dynamited and flooded to such an extent that about one-fifth of the coal production of france was cut off the soldiers went from shaft to shaft blowing up the works and leaving behind not a single engine boiler or train the electric machinery was taken out and at the end of three years the destruction of the lens mines was practically complete before the germans left they set off more explosives and practically destroyed all the coal mining machinery of the invaded territory The work of reconstruction began as soon as the french were able to get hold of the region the government organized a commission of invaded mines and through a purchasing syndicate placed orders for pumps and electrical machinery to get out the water the work went steadily on as more territory came into the hands of the french two years after the armistice nineteen of the worst damaged shafts had been enclosed in cement and a year later more than fifty million cubic yards of water had been taken out. The most difficult and dangerous part of the work was in the restoration of the underground tunnels. These have a total length of more than 1,800 miles or enough to reach from San Francisco to Omaha. They often contain asphyxiating gases and the water-soaked wells are liable to cave in. End of chapter 6